0: Hello. I'm Michael Serapio and this is the Primetime Politics podcast. Tonight on Primetime Politics, calling for a resignation. I'm deeply sorry that I have offended many uh, in my, with my gestures and remarks. Anthony Rota apologized today for inviting a Ukrainian veteran who fought with the Nazis To the house of commons but given the embarrassment the incident has caused canada and ukraine the ndp wants more regrettably i must respectfully ask that you step aside and conservatives are laying the diplomatic failure at the prime minister's feet
1: there are still many many questions that need to be answered as to how the prime minister's office so completely dropped the ball on this
0: Coming up, we will speak to the opposition House leaders and get some reaction from Liberal Minister Mark Miller. This is Primetime Politics. Hello everyone, I'm Michael Sarabio. Opposition MPs, government ministers and even the Prime Minister all call it embarrassing. A Ukrainian veteran who served with the Nazis invited by Speaker Antony Rota to the House of Commons to witness the Ukrainian president's historic speech on Friday. Yaroslav Hunka's past was unknown to most when he received a standing ovation in the House, but the diplomatic blunder has been picked up by the Kremlin to discredit Canada and Ukraine to which the prime minister had this to say. Obviously it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized, uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the parliament of Canada and by extension to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating, Yom, uh, commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think." It's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. Now, as for the speaker, take a listen to what Antony Rota had to say, and just some of the reaction his statement sparked in the comments today.
2: I've sub- subsequently become aware of more information which causes me to regret my decision to recognize this individual. I wish to apologize to the House and I'm deeply sorry that I've offended many uh, in my, with my gesture and remarks.
1: That basic rudimentary vetting as to who might be in the galleries isn't done? That's incredible, Mr. Speaker. So we'll take your statement under advisement. We'll have more to say on this There are still many, many questions that need to be answered as to how the Prime Minister's office so completely dropped the ball on this. And
2: unfortunately, I believe a sacred trust has been broken. It's for that reason, for the good of the institution of the House of Commons, that I say, sadly, I don't believe you can continue in this role. Regrettably, I must respectfully ask that you step aside.
0: Well, joining us now is the Conservative House Leader Andrew Scheer and the NDP House Leader Peter Julian. Hello to both of you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, Mr. Scheer, you know, we heard the Government House Leader today. She has asked members uh, to refrain from politicizing what has happened here. It was the speaker who invited the Ukrainian veteran. Uh, Mr. Roda has since apologized. But you and the Conservatives say that the Prime Minister also needs to accept responsibility. Are you politicizing this gap by putting this at the Prime Minister's feet?
1: You know, liberals always say that when you criticize their leader, you're politicizing something. Justin Trudeau politicized this by not coming clean and accepting his government's role in providing background checks for state visits. The duty of care, so to speak, on making sure that President Zelensky's visit was a success, not just from a security point of view, but from a diplomatic point of view as well, rests with the government. Every party had to uh, submit names to the protocol office for background checks and for vetting. Uh, The government house leader herself acknowledged that that vetting was done. It just, nobody seems to have told anybody about what happened in the background check. So our position is that while the speaker may have the ability to invite members, just like all members of the House of Commons, uh, invite guests, just like all members of the House of Commons might, it's the government's role and responsibility to provide that background check and that screening process. There's a reporting mechanism mechanism for the house of Commons security that reports directly to the rcmp which answers to the minister of public safety and the prime minister ultimately so there's a very clear chain of command and it rests with the prime minister's office justin trudeau has to take responsibility
0: but isn't it reasonable to say that if the speaker who, who watches out for the safety of the house and all members if it is the speaker that's inviting somebody isn't it reasonable to say that we trusted his judgment and his vetting process What the government is saying is that they invited the president of Ukraine, a country
1: that's in the fight of its life against illegal invader in the form of Russia who is using false narratives to justify their unlawful attacks. And what the government is saying is that they left the guest list to chance, that they
0: weren't going to go through chance, they left it to the speaker. No, no, no. They well, left it to a trusted member of the well, House. He's the speaker.
1: The, there is no capacity in the House of Commons to do the types of checks that CSIS or the RCMP do. That's why the government took control of the House of Commons security forces in the first place it's it, the onus is on the government when the government invites a foreign leader like president zelensky they highly script it the itinerary goes through a whole bunch of checks the, the anybody who's being introduced to the prime minister or to the president would go through all kinds of checks and for the government to say yeah well we just have this big blind spot on who might come to the house of commons itself that's not acceptable the duty of care to make sure that this was a successful event from a security and from a diplomatic standpoint rests with the government they need to take accountability. Justin Trudeau needs to take responsibility for his inaction on this.
0: Uh, Mr. Julian, what do you say to that? Does the Prime Minister need to accept more responsibility for for Mr. hunka 's presence in the House?
2: Well, I, I, I rose in the House earlier today to uh, call on uh, Speaker Rhoda to, to resign, and the, the reasons are uh, multiple. First, and, and Mr. Scheer knows this from his years as a speaker, uh, that the speaker controls a certain number of seats. Uh, they uh, speaker controls the introductions that are made to the House. Uh, these are very important moments when a speaker acknowledges people who are in the galleries. Uh, that is something that is the purview of the speaker, uh, and we rise, we applaud those people because we believe this. Speaker, has done the appropriate vetting to ensure that that person is worthy of the honor of the House of Commons applauding them. It didn't happen in this case, and it is a very egregious um, uh, show of of, of bad judgment. Tragically, uh, you can think of the impact on the Jewish community to to hear uh, the fact that a a Nazi, somebody who had fought with the SS in Ukraine uh, was, was being lauded, was being honored by the House of Commons. I, I, the incredible uh, hurt that that, that that provokes. And so what what we have here is a situation where the speaker uh, used his powers, but in, in a way that caused, uh, I think, disrepute on the House of Commons and on Canada. And as a result of that, we believe he needs to take the appropriate uh, take the appropriate step of stepping down as, uh, as Speaker. Uh, the Bloc Québécois joined the NDP call uh, this afternoon. So there are now two of the four recognized parties calling on upon Speaker Rota to resign.
0: So uh, clearly a focus on Speaker Rota. As you say, you are calling here for his resignation. But what do you make of Mr. Shear's argument, and the conservative argument, that the PMO, the prime minister, also needs to accept responsibility for what happened? Uh, my understanding,
2: since I've been here on the Hill, is that the Speaker has a wide, uh, uh, wide prerogative and privilege in terms of who's introduced to the House. And, and that's why I think we were all aghast on Friday to learn the, the real identity of the person who was introduced to all members of Parliament in front of an international audience. I, I think Mr. Roda has uh, justly taken that on, has, has apologized for it, but I don't think apology is sufficient. He, he needs to take the appropriate step. Uh, given the magnitude of the fallout from this
0: uh, horrendous um, bad judgment and, and needs to step down. So, Mr. Scheer, if this is not a partisan issue by focusing on the prime minister, why not just join the NDP and Mr. Julian and call for the resignation of Antony Rhoda and leave it at that? Or is this really just trying to, to to choose a different target for political gain?
1: It's about recognizing who has the ultimate responsibility to ensure a successful state visit. And uh, I just want to to point out to my colleague, uh, Peter, that this wasn't just like a regular Tuesday question period introduction. Uh, he's absolutely right. On, on normal sitting days, uh, the speaker can introduce guests uh, to to the gallery and we do trust that there's a certain amount of uh, of vetting that goes on when we acknowledge a special guest in the gallery's presence but this wasn't just a Tuesday or a Wednesday this was an official state visit when that happens the PMO really does expand its influence in the House of Commons and not just influence the actual reporting structure for the House of Commons security forces include reporting to the RCMP and to the Minister of Public Safety so that's the link that's why this goes beyond just leaving it up to the speaker to do due diligence lists were provided to the protocol department and ultimately eyes from the PMO someone's eyes should have been on that list what's the point of collecting names from MPs who who are bringing guests in if those names aren't checked against who someone might be uh, against what they might have might have done in the past and the the standard for that elevates so drastically when we're talking about a foreign visit from a country under attack with a president who's going around the world trying to shore up support for his efforts to fight off an illegal invasion so that's our point here is that Justin Trudeau has to acknowledge the the the, the abandonment of responsibility that his government has over this matter. This this cannot be swept away and, and, and throwing the speaker under the bus to accept... Sole responsibility for this, Justin Trudeau has has to answer for his role in this.
0: Okay, so so the prime minister, as you are arguing here, has to have responsibility. Would you support the NDP motion? Will you support the NDP motion calling on Mr. Rota to resign?
1: Well, look, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what uh, the, the NDP formally propose in the in the coming days. But the the, the point here is that what we don't want to see, what this is, what Justin Trudeau does all the time, when he's caught doing something or when his actions cause harm. He likes to spread the blame around, so I have no doubt that the liberals would love for uh, Speaker Rhoda to take all the heat on this and uh, and to absolve themselves of any responsibility. But you cannot argue with the legislation that created the Parliamentary Precinct Service. You cannot argue with the reporting structure. It's there in black and white. They report up to the RCMP directly, and then from there into the government. So that's what we're focusing on in the short term. We want to make sure that Justin Trudeau acknowledges his role in this shameful occurrence
0: okay I, I am quickly losing time but I want to ask one more question I'm going to ask for quick answers here because we did hear the government house leader Karina Gould a move today to have the speakers very complimentary remarks to Mr. Hunka struck from the record uh, Mr. Julian I'm wondering where you stand on that Mr. Scheer I know you opposed it but Peter I'll get you to start us out please
2: I, I think it 's difficult to to uh, put the toothpaste back in the tube. what What happened on Friday was reprehensible It, it needs to stand as part of the, the record. Uh, I do think uh, addressing with the the Jewish community. Uh, to see the appropriate way of dealing with that in, in terms of Hansard is, is appropriate, but that's something that I think will only be clear to us in the coming days. Mr. Scheer, uh,
0: why did you oppose that motion?
1: Well, clearly the, the, the liberals would like to whitewash this and erase it and pretend like it never happened, but it did. Uh, there was a reaction from around the world. Our our, our partner, trusted partners and allies looked at us with with, uh, with a great deal of, of puzzlement and, and, and outrage that they this happened. So to, to, to try to after the fact pretend like it didn't happen I don't believe uh, you know, it would be truthful and honest. I think the Speaker and the House and, and ultimately the Prime Minister have to acknowledge that something terrible happened. We can talk about how to address it going forward. We can talk about how to make up to the Jewish community here in Canada. Uh, what else we might like to do. But I, I don't think pretending like it never happened is a wise thing to do. This sounds very Soviet. Uh, you know, it sounds like something that might happen in the Russian Parliament where they try to just you know, uh, erase someone from history or, or or pretend like something that was said was never said. But in our country, we should acknowledge when something happens, and then we can talk about how to right that wrong going forward.
0: Andrew Scheer, Peter Julian, really appreciate the time tonight. Thank you to both of you. Thank you. We did invite Karina Gould to join our conversation this evening. She declined, but this is what we heard in the comments from the government House leader earlier today.
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for that apology. I have to say, though, uh, as a parliamentarian, as a Canadian of Jewish origin, as a descendant of Holocaust survivors whose majority of her family family walked in to Auschwitz-Birkenau and only my grandfather and his brother walked out, that I think this hurt all of us in parliament And I'll say that personally, I feel particularly hurt by this. I would say that as parliamentarians, we place our trust in you. There are many times when we recognize people in the gallery and we do so on your good advice and your good offices. And all of us here did that in the chamber on Friday because we trusted you on that.
0: We're now joined by the Minister for Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship, Mark Miller. Minister, thank you for joining us. Hi, Michael. Listen, I, I have to begin here with Jaroslav uh, Honka. The, the House Speaker, Anthony Rota, accepts responsibility for the invitation. But as you know, the Conservative House leader uh, says your government is still responsible because if a head of state is speaking in the House, uh, they are a guest of this country and the PMO has an obligation to vet who will be in the House of Commons at that time. Uh, how do you answer that criticism uh, for what is being uh, painted as con- by Conservatives as a failure?
4: Well, uh, first, uh, as everyone else in the house, uh, I, I did not know who this individual was, and so obviously, personally, quite embarrassed about uh, applauding someone who uh, who was part of uh, who, was, who was who was part of Waffen SS division, the Galician group um, that has its own distinct history. Um, I think we we're all embarrassed by that. I I am glad that 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 the um, that the I was just speaking in french the president de la chambre was mm-hmm. uh, the and the speaker of, of the house uh, Anthony rota responsibility in this I, you know not too many canadians know exactly how the functioning inner functioning of the house of commons works uh, this is within the, the discretion of the chair trying to make it into a political play to try to paint this on the back of justin trudeau is uh, is highly opportunistic, characteristic of Pierre Polyev in particular. There are responsible ways, if you're the leader of the opposition, at getting to the bottom of this and getting the fact uh, pattern that, that happened here to show all Canadians how this unacceptable event occurred. Uh, but I don't think, once again, Mr. Polyev is being all that responsible about it. But but of, true is, is
0: there no responsibility on behalf of the PMO to make sure that, for, for basic security purposes, Mr. Zelensky is protected, that there is no uh, questionable person in the House of Commons at any given time?
4: Uh, well, if, you know, it, it, two different things there, the difference between questionable and and security. You were talking about a 97-year-old man. I, I don't think anyone has allowed to, that, that he was dangerous, certainly. um with uh, highly spotted history and shouldn't have been there and, and much obviously should never have been pointed out or asked to stand and then applauded for his uh, his war service. So I think that is what we need to focus on, Michael. Uh, this was obviously a, a visit from President Zelensky that is, was historic in nature uh, and there is a war that is ongoing. And you know mistakes do happen, so uh, I think getting to the bottom of that is first the first step that we have to take, and and, and not resort to hyperbole. I think we are all embarrassed, um, Prime Minister included. At plotting this individual who had no business being in the House.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as you know, Mr. Zelensky delivered this powerful speech on Friday, but that visit, his visit, is now being used by the Kremlin for propaganda purposes to discredit Canada and Ukraine. Does the speaker need to resign?
4: Well, I'd I prefer not to speak about that at this point. Um, it is something that um, obviously he's regretted and taken full responsibility for, the, the Speaker in the House of Commons at all times, but particularly in a situation where you're in a minority, needs to have the confidence of the House. Um, And um, I'll keep my own reflections on that private for the moment.
0: Okay, Uh, I appreciate you talking about that. But listen, let's move on to immigration now. We know your government uh, has set very ambitious targets when it comes to bringing in new Canadians. Uh, But those targets, as you know, have come under greater uh, greater scrutiny as Canada's housing crisis becomes more acute. Did your government fail to account for the impact increased immigration numbers would have?
4: Probably just a few disagreements with the premise first, Michael. I, you know, clearly we have volumes in this country that are unprecedented of of, uh, of immigration. I think that's a good thing. It means growth of our uh, domestic product, growth domestic product that we that are, that are, is driven almost entirely by by new immigration. If you look at the entrance into the workforce for the last year 90 plus percent is is due to immigration so that's a good thing Uh, and i don't think anyone would ever argue to diminish or reduce the gross domestic product of this country Uh, but we do have to plan for it and i think when we talk about the housing crunch this is something that's been happening over the last 30 to 40 years and successive governments liberal conservative uh provincial governments that have primary responsibility have failed in various measures to to plan for this growth in population Simply putting it on the back of immigration is, I think, um, generally careless, not to diminish the volume that's coming into the country, but we have, and we make the mistake of only looking at the demand side of things as opposed to the supply side of things. These are people that help grow the country. Um, They create businesses. I've given the example before of the growth in in Halifax due to entrepreneurship in the Lebanese community. These people do build the country and we need specialized workers, specialized trades. You see that in the unions uh, crying out for help internationally. So we can't get these things built if we don't have uh, a well thought through immigration stream. Now, I think people always look at the large number and and they jump hard to digest. But when you break it down into the things that we control, obviously economic migration, which is very important it actually brings capital into this country and we look at family reunification which is just so critical for the uh, for families and and people for which we have an exceedingly large demand that we can't meet Um, no one would ever propose reducing these things and then of course in the face of um, some of the most historic mass migration in the world the need for Canada to do its part and to welcome people humanely and humanitarian but we are, but we
0: are hearing more stories of, but we are hearing more stories of, for example, refugees sleeping in homeless shelters or on the street because you know they can't find housing. Does this country, at the very least, need to rethink the kind of supports migrants uh, receive when they come to Canada?
4: I think we need to have absolutely. I mean, we we definitely have to have a conversation with uh, with our own counterparts within the federal government with with provincial governments. A lot of them are presently sitting on massive surpluses that they're not deploying into this area of responsibility. It's a bit of an irony to me at times, Michael, when I hear uh, my provincial counterparts tell me that international students are the sole responsibility of provincial governments, uh, but by that same stroke tell me that uh, refugees and asylum seekers are entirely the responsibility of uh, the federal government. The only difference between the two is one has money and the other doesn't. and I think that is some, a discussion that we need to continue to have, and we have to do this in a way that actually works towards making sure people have a roof over their heads. That includes um, specific housing for those that uh, you know, put everything on the line to get to a country that is safe, like Canada, but also in the long term. Because make no mistake, all of these people end up contributing to the future of the country and the face and color of this country, and they are, uh, they are a net positive of this country. But we are facing challenges like um, like any other country in the world, even though we are a much harder country to actually physically reach than, uh, than say, Italy or other European countries that are facing uh, real challenges. But I think we can do it, and I think that's the positive side of it. We, we can do it as a country. It just takes coordination, and we can't pinpoint one sort of spike in time in immigration and, um, and asylum-seeking to... Uh, a crisis that has been in the making for about 30 or 40 years.
0: OK, listen, I've got less than a minute, but I do want to ask you, because you speak about Canada's need for immigrants uh, to fund programs, economic growth, CPP. But, you know, Canada is competing with other countries, in particular for healthcare workers and highly skilled immigrants. Does this country need to repair its reputation? We're now hearing stories of refugees on the street, new Canadians struggling to find affordable and safe housing, professionals who come to make a contribution but are stuck in work beneath their uh, their training. Does Canada need to begin some type of repair job internationally to attract the kind of immigrants that we actually want?
4: Well, I, I would focus that question more in, on, on who we are as people, I think, uh, for our own sense of humanity we have to do a better job in welcoming people Um, internationally when we make promises to people and we say hey come to canada we actually have to match those those skills to uh, to what they actually what people actually do when they come to this country obviously with provincial regulation and their constitutional rights over the regulation of industries provinces have a job to make sure that they are matching those skills um, and, and, and the professional requirements that we sometimes impose on these highly regulated professions. So yes, there's there's work to do. I wouldn't say Canada, Canada has a damaged reputation. It's actually quite the contrary. And and the data that we see in terms of people wanting to come here proves it. Uh, when I talk to my my counterparts uh, in, in other countries, we are a model for them uh, that they that they want to that they would like to imitate and replicate in their own countries. And they look at, at our models in order to do it. Doesn't mean that we don't have. Uh, challenges to, to face, and, um, and sometimes things do go wrong. Uh, but we do it in a mature fashion, and, and, and we can fix this on the fly. I think, Michael. Um, but again, I look at this from a point of view of, of human dignity and, and, and making sure that we are actually matching uh, the hope that we are asking, you know, providing to people when they want to come to this country, and then what they actually do. And um, mm-hmm. there's always there's there's always opportunities to adjust that.
0: Minister Mark Miller, I always appreciate the time. Thank you for this. Well, let's take another look now at the day's top stories. The NDP and the Bloc Quebecois want the House Speaker, Anthony Rota, to resign.
2: And unfortunately, I believe a sacred trust has been broken. It's for that reason, for the good of the institution of the House of Commons, that I say, sadly, I don't believe you can continue in this role. Regrettably, I must respectfully ask that you step aside.
0: As for Conservatives, they are blaming the Trudeau government instead.
1: There are still many, many questions that need to be answered as to how the Prime Minister's office so completely dropped the ball on this.
0: Speaker Rota's recognition of yuroslav Honka, a war veteran who fought for the Nazis in the Second World War, dominated House proceedings today, with Rota taking full responsibility for the mistake. This initiative was entirely my own. Meanwhile, Government House Leader Karina Gould, who is of Jewish descent, says she is deeply hurt, but rebuffed the official opposition's criticism against the government.
3: I think it is very important that we collectively work together to strike this recognition from the record.
0: Gould's motion, by the way, to strike the incident from the record with unanimous consent was denied. Vladimir Zelensky, who is also Jewish, did not address the incident, but the Kremlin called it outrageous. Also happening in the House today, the debate on the Affordable Housing and Groceries Act, also known as Bill C-56, as opposition MPs, challenged the Deputy Prime Minister, Christopher Freeland, on several issues.
2: What measures is the government planning on presenting this fall alongside the legislation that will lead to the creation of
4: new social and affordable housing units in Canada.
0: Minister Freeland reiterated the government's commitment to the bill.
2: fact is we need to add to supply, that is what this measure is going to do.
0: The bill was tabled last week and the Liberal government is trying to move it quickly through Parliament. It would remove the GST on construction of new rental housing and empower the Competition Bureau to investigate anti-competitive conduct in grocery chains. British Columbia Premier David Eby met with the Prime Minister today. They discussed issues around housing, wildfires and floods. Eby and six of his cabinet ministers are in Ottawa for two days. They're expected to meet with federal policymakers to discuss the clean energy sector and support for critical infrastructure needs in BC communities. And Governor General Mary Simon welcomed new ambassadors to Canada today. The heads of mission presented their credentials to the Governor General in Rideau Hall. Burundu Nalum is designated as the ambassador of the Republic of Chad. Gustavo Anabel Ávarez-Goyaga, designated as ambassador of the Republic of Uruguay, Manuel Gerardo talavera Espinar as the ambassador of the Republic of Peru, Viera Grigova, ambassador of the Slovak Republic, and Batibak Umunboyav, ambassador of the Kourguz Republic. And that is our program for this Monday evening. I'm Michael Sorapio. For everybody here at CPAC, thank you for watching. Stay tuned. L'Essentiel avec Esther Béjean is up next.